Welcome again to now to our Monday uh, Thursday service. Although you are watching this uh, on Monday Thursday evening, we are recording this a week earlier, so we could provide this for you. Uh, we also invite you to uh, join us uh, tomorrow at noontime for the Good Friday service, and then we'll have a service as well uh, for Easter. For our call to worship, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Let us pray. We give you praise, our God, that we may come and celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our power and is our wisdom. It is in his name we, we come this evening, praying for the anointing of your spirit, that we might give honor, praise, and that you would take delight in this worship we bring to you. And we pray to you the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to now sing the power of the cross.
Our first scripture reading today is Luke 22:14 through 20. Hear God's word. When the hour came, he reclined at table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood.
Our next scripture reading comes from Luke 2, 39 through 46. Hear God's word. And he came out and went, and as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood, falling down to the ground. And when he rose from the prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. I'm going to tell the story of that angel that we just read about who was in the garden there for Jesus. This is his story. I was there for him. I did not fall asleep and leave him alone in his agony. I was not like his disciples who swore devotion to to even die with him. He could not even keep awake with the master in the time of his greatest need for companionship. And when the moment was at hand to to stand with their Lord, when his enemies came upon them, they, they fled away, leaving their vows to die with him on the ground. I was there for him, even as his so-called three closest disciples slept. He had warned them to to beware of their own temptation. He had prepared them for the advent of that very evening, and, and yet they slept. They could not keep prayer with their Lord for one hour. Why had my Lord chosen these feeble men of flesh to be his followers? I mean, why Peter, the most foolish of them all with his bragging of bravery and devotion? All of us angels could see that he was most likely to fall. The silly talk of dying with his master was but obvious bravado. Hadn't Jesus seen this already? I suppose he had. Otherwise, he would not have had to pray for Peter when Satan vied to have a turn with him. As I was there for Jesus, just as all of us angels were, you know, his words were not provided when he told the disciples that he could appeal to his father to send 12 legions of angels. I mean, ha! I mean, we had had to be held back. We're watching the whole scene unfold. The the silly disciples sleeping while while our master prayed. I mean, I at least was allowed to come down and do what I could do to strengthen him in his distress. Even so, his sweat became like great drops of blood dripping to the ground. You know, three times Jesus had to wake his disciples. I mean, three times. Couldn't he see his distress? Couldn't at least one of them keep their eyes open? And all the while, we we see the band of soldiers. They're proceeding up the hill, led by the traitor, another disciple. I mean, what is it with these men? Why are they so fickle? One betrays, another denies. They all run away. 
Do their vows mean nothing? I was there. And I would have remained there for my master. These are not words of bravado. I certainly did not fear human soldiers. But I would have remained even if Satan had sent his legions of fallen angels. Yes, even angels have fallen. But not since the Great Rebellion. Satan cannot infect all of us as he has infected all humans. You know, why had the Son of God even come to this moment? He is God. Equal with God the Father and God the Spirit. He did not have to leave his place in glory. What was at stake? God's glory was not diminished by the fall. The blessed Trinity did not need paltry man for anything. I mean, they had one another, an eternal, perfect fellowship. And they still have us, the angels who have remained true. We come before the very throne of God and we worship him in holiness and righteousness and unpolluted love and devotion. Why did the Son take on mortal flesh? Why leave his home in glory? For whom? For what? These fickle, feeble humans, they desert him. They've been with Jesus three years, listening to him, watching him, experiencing life with him. Had they learned nothing? Why was I only allowed to do so little? I groaned with him. I heard his prayer. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Why could the cup not be passed? He did not want to drink it. Why must the Son of God drink the bitter cup? I could have taken it for him. Well, no. No, I couldn't. I got caught in a moment. Just like that Philly Peter did. A cup given to the son, only he was capable of drinking such a bitter draft. And the son was committed to the will of the father. So why did the father not take it away? How could he have his son drink the cup of death? Doesn't he see his son's anguish? Doesn't he love his son? How could the father listen to his son watch those silly soldiers walk up the hill and do nothing. He sent me? Well, yes, but not to defend the son, merely to, to strengthen him so that, he would, so that he would drink the cup. I mean, I wanted to do more. I wanted to, to slay those soldiers. I wanted to wake up the disciples with a wake-up call they would not forget. I wanted to bring my master back home where he belonged. But that was not the Father's will. And the Son listened only to the Father. I would have thought that he listened begrudgingly if it were not for his earlier prayer that same night before crossing over to Gethsemane. He spoke of these weak followers as though they were gifts from the Father. He prayed for their protection. He he prayed for their unity. He prayed for them to know the Father's love, just as he knew his Father's love. 
pray for them to be with him in glory. No. I have to admit that the that God the Son was kneeling in the garden, sweating blood, because he desired with his Father the salvation of these foolish disciples and all others like them who believe in him with their weak faith. The cup could have passed. Either the Son or the Father had faltered in willing the sleeping men's salvation. The cup could have passed if either had had enough of denial and treason and abandonment. We legion of angels could have executed judgment day then and there if the Father had just said it was time. But it was not time. It's not the hour of judgment, but of salvation. The son would do no more than sweat blood. Well, he would do more. He would shed his blood. He would lift the the cup with his own hands and drink it fully to the last dregs. He would do so not because I strengthened him. (laughs) Who am I to strengthen the son of God, even in his flesh? No, he would do so because he willed to do the Father's will, which already was his own. He would drink bitterness because of the joy that was set before him and for which he had prayed, that he would be glorified and that all whom the Father had given him would be with him forever in glory. Think about that, forever in glory. Well, that means they'll be with me. These sleeping disciples will enter the land where there is no sleep. And they will join me in that that throne room, in the heavenly sanctuary, and and sing with me the glorious anthems to the Father and, and to the Son, who's become something new, the Lamb. Together, we will sing the new song, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. What a thought. We give you praise, our God, for this great and wondrous truth. There will be the day that when we are with the angels in glory and with them we will be singing praises to you and it will be pure and, and holy. There will be no sleepiness. But with all of our might, with all of our heart, we look to that day. For we will sing praises to our Lamb. In his name we pray. Amen.
Let's sing together, Rock of Ages. Now grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 